Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. My um, guest today is Martin Garcia of Genesis Trading. He's the vice president. Martin, how you doing? Doing well. How are you? Good. Thanks so much for coming. I appreciate it. Um, no problem. So first question. It's always a doozy, but no, I'm just kidding. Uh, what, what does Genesis Trading do? Yeah, so Genesis Trading is a is the only broker dealer uh, currently active in the spot trading market for uh, digital currency. So we are an institutional market maker uh, for digital currency. So how, how does that compare to exchanges where people would you know would buy and sell them right now? Yeah, so we are not an exchange. So we are we. Uh, are active in the over-the-counter market. So uh, basically, when you deal with with Genesis, you are not uh, you are not uh, pre-funding an account per se. You are simply uh, facing Genesis in the transaction directly. So there's no pre-funding. It's basically you agree to a transaction and then settle. So okay, if I'm going to buy, uh, you know, I don't know, 100 BTC, am I buying from you or selling to you, or are you matching me with a buyer or seller? You are buying and selling <clears throat> to and from Genesis, so you are facing us directly in the transaction. Okay, gotcha. Um, do you focus more on larger transactions? It seems like you would, or do you just, you know, any size is fine. Absolutely. So uh, our we are an institutionally focused trading firm. So we focus on the institutional investor side. You know, in this space, it's a lot of family offices, uh, high net worth individuals, hedge funds, etc. So is there a minimum uh, trade size that you guys are willing to work with? There is. Our minimum transaction size is 25000 Okay. What, um, what does the market look like? I don't know if you have uh, eyes into the exchanges, but are typical transactions much smaller than that? Um, is this an underserved part of the market? Like, you know, why um, are you in this arena? Why not uh, take transactions of any size? Yeah, absolutely. So we're focused on obviously the uh, the more sophisticated folks, where it's a little bit more handholding, a little bit more sophisticated investor, uh, and the transactions being larger. There's just not a good way to source the liquidity for those on the exchanges. So the exchanges are great if you're looking to purchase a small amount of digital currency, um, and they serve a very vital part in the industry. Um, whereas we focus on the larger transactions that would, you know, in many cases, eat through the order books of these exchanges in their current juncture. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, apologies for kind of going backwards here on you. I think it's important to to note, you know, kind of 
who who Genesis is, and I want to kind of clarify that. Sure. So yeah, Genesis, you know, Genesis is a wholly owned subsidiary of uh, Digital Currency Group. So Digital Currency Group uh, was founded by a gentleman by the name of Barry Silbert. Mm-hmm. He uh, uh, previously founded uh, the prior company, which was called Second Market. And in the early days, he got bit by the Bitcoin bug and started investing personally and professionally. So long story short, he bond, you know, Digital Currency Group, which, uh, it, you know, has three main, you know, I'll call them pillars that they operate in. They have, they're a venture capital investor where they've made over 100 investments into Bitcoin and blockchain technology companies. You know, this is, you know, a number of different exchanges and a number of different countries. I think it's, you know, I think the com- the countries they operate in, the, the portfolio companies, or excuse me, the uh, investments operate in are like 30 different countries. Um, I think there's mm. over 20 exchanges. So it's a pretty diverse portfolio. You know, it has some big names in it, you know, the, the Coinbase's and Circles and Ripples of the world, you know, and then... You know, I think the most recent, you know, most recent stuff, you know, are smaller names and some different names. So anyway, so there's the venture capital portfolio. They are the most active, you know, player in the space as far as number of deals, I, I believe. Then you have um, a digital currency portfolio with DCG owns, um, which okay. is obviously a number of different currencies. Um, and then there are the wholly owned subsidiaries. Um, the three subsidiaries are Genesis Trading. We are the broker dealer and the trading arm. Um, okay. And then there's Grayscale, which is an investment manager, which manages the Bitcoin Investment Trust and the Ethereum Classic Investment Trust. People may have heard of the Bitcoin Investment Trust. It's a, a competing product with the Winklevoss ETF that you know made a lot of waves in the early uh, early part of this year. Um, and right. then uh, the the last subsidiary is CoinDesk, which is a news media and events company. Um, so just given our, you know, our role as a wholly owned subsidiary of DCG, we kind of have an interesting view of things given, you know, the top-down view that kind of DCG has um, and kind of the, the view of the space. So we have a very ro- robust network of trading counterparties and, par- and partners. You know, we obviously work with a number of the portfolio companies just because there's a natural, uh, you know, symbiosis with them, you know, given their involvement in the space. And many of them need, you know, trading counterparties. You know, they need to they need Bitcoin or they need some digital currency to run their day-to-day operations for some reason. And we're a very good source of that. So sorry to digress on you. I just wanted to make sure that I explained kind of our role within DCG and the company in general. No, that's great. It gives it a lot more context and, you know, and why you do it and you have tremendous backing and uh, yeah, I understand. Absolutely. Um, and Oh, good. But no, I was saying, you know, it, it really started, you know, when we were so Genesis is the same broker dealer that's been around since 2005. I've been with the company since 2007. We were previously known as Second Market, uh, which you may have heard of in the in the pre-IPO private company business. You know, they created liquidity programs for public companies, and then more notably, you know, we're we're trading pre-IPO Facebook, LinkedIn, Zynga, Twitter, etc. Um, before those companies went public, and then created a, a market for private companies. So that's kind of the background of. Barry and the company, um, and really, kind of our genesis into the space was, you know, Barry needed, you know, basically tapped us on the shoulder and said, "Listen, I've been investing in this space. I think you guys should take a look. Um, you know, I would love for t- for you guys to to be the sourcing agent for me as I'm trying to buy digital currency." And you know, started off. I think that was in that was in I think early 2013 um, is when we started trading digital currency professionally. Nice. Well, what about licensing? You said you're a broker dealer. Um, 
what does your licensing requirements look like versus uh, an exchange? Yeah, so I can't necessarily speak to the exchanges because each one is different based on jurisdiction. But for us, we operate in the spot trading market. So meaning we're trading the the digital currencies directly. And as such, so we are licensed by FIN and the SEC. So we're a broker dealer. Um, and we uh, have a bit license pending with the New York DFS, which is the state regulator. Mm-hmm. So as you may or may not know, there's no federal regulator in the United States for digital currency. Um, right. So we are you know, about as heavily regulated as one can be in the market that we operate in, um, which gives us an interesting view of the world and also means that a lot of the institutional and other regulated parties that we deal with, um, they prefer to deal with us you know, in many cases because we are indeed regulated and we are familiar and we do have people coming in to check over and look over our shoulder. It gives them a higher level of confidence in dealing with us. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, you know, I've heard word that um, many companies uh, you know, can't even have a bank account if they're dealing with digital currencies. You know, how do you guys function in that realm? How do you, you know, like being regulated actually probably has, I would think, a lot of advantages because the whole ecosystem is moving towards that more regulation and you guys are already in that position and bearing the full brunt of it. So tell me about Absolutely. your perspective and what, what else do you see? Absolutely. I think that uh, it, it's, uh, it, it's fortunate and it's unfortunate, you know, for, for us being, you know, familiar with regulation, having, you know, SEC and FINRA audits, you know, on a regular basis, being familiar with what's required. It's very easy for us to, um, to comply with like the requirements of like something like the bit license here in New York. Um, for smaller upstarts, you know, I think it's a very high barrier to entry and it makes it difficult for people to, to get involved. You know, I think that is why you, we see that we're really the only broker dealer in the space currently um, is because of the, you know, unfamiliar territory and, you know, the, the, the high barrier to entry. Um, so, you know, for us, you know, I think that it's an advantage being a regulated counterparty, but it's also a regulated business. But it also, you know, is is tough given the the capital treatment of Bitcoin on your book, you know, you know, is very, you know, very prohibitive. You know, it's dollar for dollar and we have to maintain strict net capital requirements, which, you know, is, really? a, is a great reason to trade with with someone because you know that they are obviously well capitalized and you're not worried about their their counterparty risk. But it also is quite uh, onerous when you're trying to grow a business in a meaningful way. Yeah, definitely. So your capital requirement is you you have to have um, one for one matching. If you have a uh, million dollars of Bitcoin, you have to have a million dollars of uh, of fiat as well That's to back exactly. it up. That's exactly correct. Wow. Okay. Since you do trading, how often do you have to rebalance? Uh, once a day or constantly? Uh, or what, what do you con- guys do to constantly. keep the cushion? Constantly. So we uh, are, you know, are, you know, constantly um, rebalancing and managing our, our portfolio, our book. Wow. So I guess you'd have to keep a cushion so that if you have a, uh, you know, otherwise you couldn't do a certain size buy order, right? It would push you over your limit. Absolutely. Okay. (laughs) So um, how onerous are the regulations? Do you think that uh, companies are just kind of being crybabies that they have to be subject to regulation? Or do you think it's truly like a huge hurdle? And that's why there's going to be very few people that uh, will be broker dealers like you guys. I think that we'll see more and more folks enter the space, you know, as, uh, you know, as the space proliferates, like we, we really believe that digital currency is a 
brand new asset class. And in a new asset class, people are going to expect and demand the same products and services that they can get in any other asset class. Mm. Um, you know, that is going to bring other other players out in the space. And I think that you'll see more and more established players getting involved, people that have the uh, the capability and the infrastructure and the setup. Um, and I think that will be, you know, great for the industry. Where it makes it tough is if you are a startup, you know, looking to get involved and, you know, and, you know, you're a Bitcoin ATM company or you're a, you know, you're trying to, you know, start a small, you know, brokerage business where you want to, you know, put people together and help people invest into the space, you know, you have to get the requisite licensing, whether that be MSBs or what have you. And it is, it is difficult to, to do. So what do you think it's going to take for a widespread adoption of digital currencies? Uh, so you know, how long I, will it take? What's involved? Yeah, so I think that um, it's come a long way. Um, I think that the news that, uh, you know, LedgerX received approval uh, from the CFTC uh, to open their, you know, derivatives, derivatives exchange, I think is a tremendous step forward. And I think a big part of what the market is looking for, like I said, people want the same products and services that they come to know in all, you know, all other asset classes. And a healthy, you know, derivatives and futures market and options market is really, um, you know, a part of that. I think another big step could potentially be, you know, getting one of these ETFs approved. Like I mentioned before, um, our sister company at Grayscale has a product called the Bitcoin Investment Trust, which they have obviously filed uh, the S1 there and are waiting to hear back. Can't really comment on that. But if they were to be approved, I think that would be a, a, a huge boon to the industry as well. You know, I think that, you know, we will see more uh, traditional players entering the space, like I mentioned, and mm-hmm. that that and, and then it will become easier to invest in the space. You know, currently, you know, the, the custody options that are out there, it, it requires a lot of work from the users then to set up. Um, you know, there's a lot of options out there, a lot of good people, you know, doing it. Um, but there's no real great place where you can simply just open an account at a traditional place and and begin trading, you know, and, and custodying that that asset in a secure manner. When that becomes easier to do, um, I think you'll see a lot more, you know, institutions entering the space um, and a lot more investors entering the space in general. Okay. When, um, I don't know if you're able to even answer this, but what is the Bitcoin investment trust? How is this structured differently versus uh, an ETF, let's say that, you know, the Winklevosses wanted to create or, you know, a... Um, yeah, uh, some other vehicle like that. Like, what are the differences? I I guess I don't understand being an outsider on on how they're different. Yeah, just given the uh, blackout period that we're in with respect to the Bitcoin Investment Trust, um, you know, obviously being a your company, I'm not really gonna be able to comment there. There are definitely okay. some differences there, and that's all publicly available. Okay. All right. Very good. So, in terms of uh, your trading, anything that you can mention that you're seeing uh, trends in the market? You know what? What tokens do you guys work in where there's really strong interest or um, maybe unusual activity? Any insights from what you do? Uh, yeah. So I think that uh, from our perspective, I mean, I think that we see um, uh, we've been seeing a lot more interest this year um, from investors across the board, specifically um, on the institutional side, more traditional uh, traditional investors, hedge funds, and the like. Um, that have taken an interest in the space, but maybe haven't gotten to 
to this part where they have have been able to invest have now you know taken the plunge and moved into the space um, this year. Okay. And do you do you find that you're buying more often than selling, or it's an equal mix, or you're just making money off trading fees and spreads? Yeah. So I think that uh, the way we operate, um, you know, we we see, you know, we're we're kind of an on ramp into the space. So I would say that we see, you know, more buyers than sellers, just given the nature of our business right now and the investment mm-hmm. that you're seeing in the space. So. Obviously, you know we're we're sourcing, so we're buying and selling and transacting with folks. So, but but by and large, I would say that the the inbound interest that we see is more on the buy side than on the sell side. And what are the tokens you guys are willing to trade in right now? The tokens that we're able to trade right now it's Bitcoin, Ethereum, Ethereum Classic, Litecoin, Ripple, and Bitcoin Cash. And are you able to trade anything? These are just choices, or are you restricted for some reason? In trading in so certain tokens, we have to get approval from our regulator in order to to trade any of these assets, and these are the ones where we're able to trade currently. So, if you wanted to take on a new token, you'd have to get approval. That's exactly correct. I mean, it's an ignorant question, but why? If it's a digital currency, why not just you know whichever one you want to trade, you trade. We we uh, we ask the same questions, but uh, you know it's it's it, uh, you know part of uh, part of the business. You know, in this business, you know, being a related entity, you have to ask permission as opposed to begging forgiveness. And we think that is, you know, for good reason. And as frustrating as it may be from a business development standpoint, you know, being able to trade everything would be, um, you know, obviously, um, you know, better for us as far as generating revenue. Um, But, Mm -hmm. you know, you need to make sure that, you know, you're keeping people in the loop and they're just trying to act in the best interest of, you know, the public. Gotcha. Well, you guys are trading Bitcoin Cash, so I, I hope it's not too onerous to add a, uh, you know, a trading token if you need to. Absolutely. So it's uh, it's a uh, it's definitely a new and exciting space, um, and we're learning more every day. Once you guys trade Dogecoin, you're really being. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um, I don't know if you can answer this, but any tokens you guys are looking at adding in the near future? I'm not. No, I can't really speculate on that at the moment. I mean, it's uh, we would love to be trading everything. Um, mm. You know, so we we were adding more, you know, more capabilities every day, and you know, we we would love to to add more tokens as they come available. How about um, you guys' roadmap? Can you share any developments coming in the next six months or a year? Um, yeah, so I can say that we're, you know, we the things that we see coming up. I mean, a lot of uh, of some of the stuff that we're working on recently has been more, you know, uh, some of it's been, you know, larger, bigger name distribution channels that may, that have, you know, lots of, you know, lots of potential investors that, you know, will use Genesis as essentially the liquidity mechanism. You know, this is, you know, some bigger institutions that are going through some pilots where, you know, essentially Genesis is the, is the back end, you know, is the back end sourcing kind of engine for them. Uh, so that's, you know, one big thing that I think I'm pretty excited about. Any, um, well, I guess your minimum transaction size is 25,000. Can you say what the biggest one was? Or do you ever get ones that are in the millions? Or is that pretty rare? Um, as far as uh, as far as transaction size, so our, our average transaction size is probably close to 200,000. Um, and oh. yeah, absolutely. We do transactions of greater than a million all the time. Is there a ceiling above which that, uh, is there a ceiling w- 
to which you can go, or is the sky's the limit on it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, the 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 it depends on the market, right? So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the uh, in this market, you know, in the markets where we live in now, you know, if you're looking to purchase, you know, ten million dollars of Bitcoin, for example, that could be very tough, depending on liquidity, just just on a sourcing side. So, you know, we we would may, maybe break that down into smaller transactions, say two to three million. And what about the fee structure? Is it, uh, you know, what factors does it depend on? What's the approximate fee structure? Yeah, so we don't charge a fee per se. Um, we quote a net price um, to the customer that represents essentially a spread to the spot price. Um, for mm-hmm. spot price, it's uh, it can be difficult to to pin down for some of these assets. Um, for Bitcoin, um, there is an index put together by the folks at TradeBlock called the XBX index, and we quote. To, to that. And, you know, for those transactions, you know, generally we're going to be within, you know, meaning less than 1% um, in a typical Bitcoin transaction. Yeah. So I guess for larger transactions, not only you provide, you know, market making, but uh, the fees sound, I mean, pretty reasonable. Uh, if, if someone tried to do this through an exchange, they'd, they'd probably run into all kinds of limits and uh, they might have to do multiple transactions just to get to a large one. Absolutely, absolutely, and it can the slippage on the exchanges can be quite large. Um, you know, you're seeing more and more of of these. You know, the liquidity is getting better um, uh, across the different exchanges, but it's still not there yet where we need to be for you know for folks to be able to you know essentially put on you know large positions you know at once, and that's in both directions, whether it's buying or selling. Um, yeah. And what you really see in this market is in times of turbulence. You know the, the the order books get very very thin, um, and that's really across the board. Um, you know, and that's where you know we you know we as a as a firm are very helpful for a lot of folks is that we we can be there and and provide you know essentially uh, color and bids. You know, obviously the spreads tend to widen out when you're going to see you know times of extreme turbulence, but that's to be expected mm-hmm. in this in this kind of new and exciting asset class. Well, I also see too. Um, you can clear out the whole order book in a lot of tokens just with like 20 BTC or maybe as much as 50 BTC orders. So, you know, if you're buying, you have to buy slow. If you're selling, you can't dump it all. The it, it's this right. still and seems like there's a lot of liquidity else, issues. Right, and what's to say that somebody else may not come in there and and do exactly that? So you're you're correct. Yeah. It's, it's tough. What are the requirements to uh, work with you? Do you have to be accredited? Uh, any, I mean, what, what kind of requirements? Yeah. So um, to deal with us, um, you just need to be approved as a counterparty. Um, so you have to pass uh, the KYC AML checks, which is essentially akin to you know opening up a brokerage account. Um, it, right. You know, we're you're trading over the counter with us, and basically, um, you know, the the way that the process works. Um, once you're approved, you're executing the transactions, and then we are, um, and then we are settling uh, post trade. So it's not exactly the same, but the requirements as far as what we collect is is very similar from a KYC AML perspective. And then what about uh, custodianship? If you, you know, if I do a large purchase, if I you know buy a million dollars in Bitcoin, do I just throw it in my wallet, or do you have better methods? Uh, you know, for me to store my money or it, you, that doesn't concern you? So like I mentioned, we do not custody um, fiat or digital currency on behalf of our customers. Um, hmm. So they would have, they would set up the wallets on their end. 
to that end, I mean, a lot of what we do is education um, and, um, you know, explaining who, who the different players are and what the different options are, whether it's a hardware wallet or a software wallet or a web-based wallet. What are the differences? What are the, you know, potential vulnerabilities of each, um, you know, et cetera. Okay. Yeah. All right. So at least you give, um, I guess, I don't know if you want to call it advice, but uh, education on, on how to store large amounts or any amount. Makes sense. Absolutely. That's a lot of what we do is education. Okay. Um, I guess last question. So how do uh, interested parties contact you if they want to buy or sell these amounts? Yeah, absolutely. So they can go to our website, genesistrading.com, and you can learn more there or you can sign up to become an approved trading counterparty. Um, So all the instructions are right there on the the site um, and the contact information is there. All right. Well, very good. Well, Martin, thank you for taking the time. I appreciate you coming on. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.